Welcome to Killer Kush, a podcast where we smoke, I'm a little baby, and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Lady Cocktonberg. My pronouns are they, she. My name is Nick Lamock, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to episode 42. 42. Ah, 42! Yes. Oh, it's almost been a year. Yeah, it's Soon. close to a year. Have you ever seen the movie 42? No. This, the title is Movie 42. No. Oh, it's funny. There's a scene that I think it's Hugh Jackman is in the scene with Halle Berry, and he has balls on his neck. Oh. Like, it looks like a turkey. That's kind of, yeah. But they're just balls, and he acts like nothing is different. Wait, and that's the whole movie? No, no, no. That's just a scene. That's a skit in the movie. Oh, my Cause God. Because the whole movie is about this director that is, oh, how do you describe this? He's, like, pitching something. Yeah. But he's, like, pitching different ideas and he's like holding a producer hostage. Oh, until one of his ideas is picked lands. up. And so oh, it's just yeah. like really absurd. Like there's this one that I can't remember who it is, but maybe it's Seth Rogen. Oh god, um, I, I have a soft spot for Seth Rogen. He like his wife Wait, wants him to that. shit on her. I'm a little baby. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> the, the silence. Way you paused and I'm then sorry. your head cocked. I was like um, like as a sex thing? yeah mm-hmm. as a sex thing and so he like eats a whole bunch of burritos and it's funny there is the skits are really funny it's an absurd that. movie 42 movie, movie 42. 42 yeah oh i love that so i hope that inspires the, this yeah. episode i Bro, hope this episode it. is absurd <laughs> Bro, what's the other um isn't 42 the answer to the universe the universe the yeah the, yeah and that 42? one what's that movie hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yes yeah and then everybody's upset. Yeah, I just but... recently saw that film. Bro, really? Yeah, I had never seen it before. It was kind of funny. It's I, Yeah, I watched it in childhood. And then I guess earlier this week, I when Tommy and I were going to bed, I was like, let's watch this movie. And then I fell asleep and I didn't remember that. So last night I was like, let's watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He mm. was like, you don't remember? We watched that two days ago. You don't remember? <laughs> I, watched I do that, that all the time movie. with Nico. Really? Nico's like... <laughs> We've seen this movie three times, and I'm like, you've seen it three times. <laughs> I haven't been there. I so. saw the back of my eyelids <laughs> while you watched this. <laughs> I so. dissociated while looking at a screen. <laughs> exactly. You were there. I uh, was not. Yes. Anyway, Katie, what's your vibe? Um. Oh, should I say what this episode is? Oh, yeah. What's this episode? <laughs> this episode is, I'm doing a two-parter. Um, Woo, two-parter. So this week and next week are going to be Jack the Ripper. So this week is just focusing on the murders, and then next week is going to be like the concluding parts and the conspiracies about who Jack the Ripper is. Ooh. Yeah. So, so. This is, I like this conspiracy moment. Yeah, we're having a little conspiracy moment. It's going to be That's pretty fun. fun. Yeah, I'd say. Interesting. Um, yeah, and my, my vibe is I am still unemployed. Was I unemployed last week? Did Is that? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you were. Well, I'm unemployed. So my season ended, and now I just, this last week I've sort of been like sleeping in and staying up late, doing nothing, and like taking little walks. Hanging out with friends? Yeah, hanging out with friends, yeah, doing little things. I just wanted to rest for a bit, and then I applied to some jobs, and I've got two interviews, but I don't really want a job, but I have to, because I need money, so we're going to do that, and it's my birthday soon. yeah it's your birthday really soon yeah like two weeks not this weekend but next weekend yeah and it's on a friday what are we doing for your birthday anything fun i don't know i wanted to go to a horse derby but apparently that's immoral so it is immoral it is is, and i will go someday 
Anyways. <laughs> Katie's like, I don't care. Vegan light. <laughs> um, not very light at all. Vegan super light. XL light. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking also of maybe going to Six Flags, but there's like like 12 people who I would like to invite. Like mm-hmm. all of our little group. And then um, my friends Megan and Oliver and Gabby and Dez. And then Mira and Hannah and Dorian. So I'm yeah. like, fuck. Like, that's a lot of people to go to Six Flags with. You Why? Because that's like, there's a large group of people to go to Six Flags with. I mean, that's so, a large group, but also who's to say all of them are going to be able to come? Exactly. That's the other thing. So I was alternatively thinking of maybe just going to Big Chicks and like sitting in the back patio. Okay. And then having like a game night afterwards. That's also yeah. super fun. That's, yeah. So I'm going to offer both of those. Like we could go to Six Flags or we could do this. Just Hell like, yeah. let us know. Let yeah. us, me, let me let know. you know. Yeah. I would love to go to Six Flags. I've never been. Yeah. I would love to have that experience with you and guys. There's also that hotel right next to it that's apparently, I don't know what it's called. I don't, I've never stayed in it, but it's the one that has like the water slide in it that goes outside of the hotel and then back in. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Well, apparently like Oliver and Megan and like all those, Gabby was like, oh, I love that blah, blah, blah hotel. We have to Ooh, go there. Ooh, so it'd be a hotel moment? Yeah, I think maybe if people wanted to. Mm. Yeah. And if I have a job, but I also want unemployment. So I'm like, that's kind of a job. It's a very right? low paying <laughs> job. <laughs> right? That's a job. A government funded job. Thanks, no, unemployment. Uh, thanks, unemployment. <laughs> I have two interviews, so don't don't you fucking... Anyways, what are your vibes? <laughs> uh, My vibes are sweepy little baby. Sweepy little baby. Sweepy little baby. I'm really tired. I went to a weekend that... I went to a weekend. I, I went to a weekend. weekend this wedding. Um, <laughs> I went to a wedding this weekend for my cousin. She looked absolutely beautiful. Um, But me and Nico were really cute. Do you want to see a picture of us? Mm-hmm. I saw the one where you were dipping him. Oh, those Nico are the pictures. so funny he looked so funny he's just a little, little happy <laughs> His lad little arm, he was like he looked like a stick man like kelly sorry hi, kelly. that was my mom hi mom are you listening right now kelly um we but wish you well we love you the wedding my dad was trying to get me drunk he got he bought me just like kept on buying me jack and cokes one after another but because of the meds that i'm on I don't. I either get drunk really easily, or I don't get drunk at all, no matter how much I drink. That is such a fun game to play with yourself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so I never know either. So it's yeah. either like I'm gonna drink one beer and be wasted, or it's like I can drink a bottle of Jack and be fine. Yeah. And it was I can drink a bottle of Jack and be fine night. And my dad was like, "How are you not drunk right now?" And I was like, "I'm just a powerhouse." <laughs> the power dude. of depression. The power of <laughs> fucking antidepressants and Literally. mood stabilizers. Be like. God. That's yeah. so funny. That's almost a place where it would have been more fun to be, like, the super drunk. I know. Yeah. And I've never been, like, wasted in front of my family. And I was willing to get wasted because my dad was just, like, well, he actually got really drunk, too, because he was, like, keeping up with me. Oh, that's funny. Um, And he didn't drive home. My mom drove home. But they were, like, we can drive you home if you get really wasted because, you know, don't drive drunk. Leave your car and we'll pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. As parents do. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Uh, me and Nico looked really cute. Check out my Instagram if you want to see that pic. And I miss the dogs so much. Yeah. Leaving the dogs for four days. They went there on Thursday and we picked them up on Sunday night. It was so hard. I know. I miss them. Yeah. Little rat bitches. That's kind of a long time to go home, too. We didn't go home on Thursday. We dropped them off at Nico's mom on Thursday and then we left Friday night. Oh, okay. So we had like That's... one night without the dogs. Yeah. Which was nice as well. Yeah. 
Because it, it's like they are your whole life and your children. Yeah. You have a dog. Like every waking yeah. moment is like dog 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 dog, 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 depression, 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 dog, art, dog. Yeah. <laughs> depression dance dog. <laughs> That's Literally. all my life is. Yeah. So, but it, it's been good. Uh, my vibes are on today, not off. They're yeah. on. On. Vibes are on. Hell yeah. Bam. Let's go vibe at the session. Yeah, we can catch the session up on job changes for us. Ooh, what an exciting topic. Don't you want to subscribe to our Patreon? Wink, wink. I'm a little baby. So we just tried plant-based Beyond Meat jerky. Yes. Katie, your opinion? It kind of tastes like dog food. The aftertaste. The texture, and also there's a little bit stuck in my teeth that I'm going to be thinking about for the next... Hour. isn't it kind of good though <laughs> it is really good yeah it's kind of pleasant like, to chew on it it has surprisingly a similar texture to jerky it does and like similar seasonings which i guess is easy but like the texture and the taste and the seasoning just makes the perfect meat taste while you're chewing it the aftertaste tastes like when you eat dog food like the smell of dog food like the taste of dog food i've never eaten dog food what Have do you, you mean yeah yeah that's like a staple childhood thing. Like you go and you eat a little dog food. I did not. That's strange. That's, I'm, <laughs> you think I'm, I'm the weird the one here? <laughs> You're the one out here eating dog okay, food. So maybe it's not a staple childhood thing, but like, yeah, yeah. I had a few dog food pellets. Or well, also, take it your does, word for it. It kind of does taste like how a dog's mouth smells. Yeah, after they eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of a pleasant. It kind of like lingers. Like you only have to eat one little piece and it feels like you're eating a whole bunch. It does. Yeah. And it like isn't so chewy that you can't eat it. Like, yeah. It has a yeah. real con- like texture of jerky. It does. Ten but out it's plants. Of, 10 out of 10, bro. Beyond, Try it. Beyond meat. Beyond jerky. meat jerky. Beyond meat jerky. He's got the cheese. I got, I got the, the jerky. jerky. Put it together and we make it all worky. Is that what they say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. I'm a little baby. Yes. Woo. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know like anything about Jack the Ripper, actually, and I feel kind of ashamed to admit that. No, but... that's totally fine. I feel like this is a case that I like kind of know about because it's just Jack the Ripper is like an unknown killer who mm-hmm. was infamous in the 1900s mm. in London or like the 1800s in the 19th century. There we go. That's confusing. They should have the changed they it that. that. Yeah. yeah. They should have changed that. They should have changed that. They should have changed that. So this is going to be a hard hour. Already. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be terrified. a good one. I'm terrified. Okay. So yeah. Um, as I said, this is just going to be about the murders and then the next will be more conclusive. So this one, a trigger warning for gore and murder things and talk of sex work and domestic abuse. Um... As always, we're a lighthearted podcast, so I'm not going to go into gory horrific details like in a monotone scary podcast or NY Times doc, um, but this one does have a bit more detail than I usually do. Woo-hoo. So yeah, and uh, thank you to history.com, Jap- jacktheripper.org, jacktheripper.tour.com, and the man Gabby and I took a tour from. And I think I've already talked about this maybe once, or maybe, I don't know, I feel like I've told the story a lot of times. But when Gabby and I went to London, um, we were, like, (laughs) we weren't staying in London. We were taking a train in an hour. Mm -hmm. So we went in, 
to London and it was like 3 p.m. and we were going to see the crown jewels and they were really expensive so I didn't really want to. So we came out of the tube entrance and there was a tour group advertising like $5.90 minute Jack the Ripper tours like paranormal and like true crime That's tour. That's cheap exactly. For exactly. And it was like that was the student price and it was $15 for everyone else for adults. So we were like, wait, we're students, let's totally do this. And there were a bunch of people standing around like they were gathering people. So we did it. We paid the $5. We were waiting and no joke, there was a group who was paired with, like, this nice woman wearing a vest, and it had eight people, and then Gabby and I were paired with just one man who had a hole in his pants and his crotch area, and he kept, like, scratching it, like, periodically, and then, like, moving Wait, it around. the tour guide, or? The tour guide. The tour guide. No. One tour guide, and then Gabby and I. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the they said, n- you're the $5 tickets. <laughs> yeah, they said, go with him. You get gym. <laughs> He's stinky. <laughs> And I do not, yeah, Oh, and he was old, and it was, it turned into a three-hour tour, even though it was 90 minutes, so by the end, like, and mind you, we're the only two people on this tour, but we were, like, sitting on anything that we could sit on, and, like, Gabby was, like, staring at her feet, like, kicking them and playing with rocks, like, and I was, like, <laughs> trying to pay attention, but I, we were also, like, having conversations while he was talking. Oh, being, my like, God. Should we just, like, leave? Like, should we just go? And then, also, there was this part... Where this isn't even factually true, but we were in this alley and he was like, on this night, two young ladies just like you were standing in this alley and then they got murdered by Jack the Ripper. And he like scratched his pants again and then Gabby and I literally grabbed hands. Like we (laughs) held hands. We were like, oh my God, is he going to kill us? It was terrifying. What if he is Jack the Ripper? Bro, he probably, he might be, he was fucking old enough. Like, God. Uh, that sounds he horrible. was like just the only man who <laughs> he wasn't even related to the tour he was just like <laughs> just some spooky man dude. who was like five dollars for students <laughs> god um so anyways i kind of know a lot but not a lot okay so you were on a three-hour tour so you should yeah. know the story and i and i do sort of sorry i bumped sort the of. mic okay so i bumped a little cord and i wanted to make sure there was no fuzz for later for later so now I'm just diving into the murders. I'm excited. I'm so glad. So Jack the Ripper became infamous after serial killing in London in 1888. The culprit was never identified or captured, and Jack remains one of England's most infamous criminals. Um, They slash he killed at least five women who are sometimes referred to as the Canical Five? Canonical. Thank you so much, dear friend. Someday I'm going to learn how to pronounce things. The canonical? Canonical? Is that how? Mm-hmm. Cano- bionicle. Canonical. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Five. Cool. Uh, they were murdered over a nine-week period from August 31st, 1888 to Friday, November 9th, 1888. Wait, so he only had five victims? No. So uh, there were other people who they think he might have killed... Uh, there were 11 murders around this time that were similar, but those are the ones that were confirmed to be by the same person because they okay. had the same, like, body stuff happening. Like, the okay. murders were very similar. Um, but it was only over a nine-week period, so it was hypothesized that he would lure his victims into a secluded street or square and then slice their throats. Um, then as they bled to death, he would brutally disembowel them with what seemed to be a six-inch knife. The way he, yeah, it's, yeah, just like throughout London, or East London. Um, The way he mutilated indicated that the killer had a substantial knowledge of human anatomy, and this plays into later conspiracies about who he could have been. 
So he would remove organs like the kidneys and uterus, and History.com said his crime seemed to portray an abhorrence for the entire female gender. And So he just hated women. He did, yeah. And that sentence was just a lot to unpack. I was like, female <laughs> gender. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, they think that maybe he just hated women, and sex workers specifically, because all these people were, like, prostitutes. So, all five murders took place within a mile of each other, in or near the Whitchapel district of London's East End. There are also other murders that occurred at this time that have been investigated, 11 in total, and they're uh, believed to have been Jack, but there's no certainty there, just speculation. So, huh, that's yeah. interesting. It's like, I wonder why this story is so popular, because I feel like many people have killed five people. Not in that way of, like, me and you have killed five people, but a lot of killers have killed multiple times. Yeah. And then this one is just, like, a... But this one's so, like, renowned, not renowned, but, like... It is very famous. Infamous. Yeah. You know, it's very infamous. I think like because technology was developing where they could sort of do dna things not exactly but like they could like take pictures of crime scenes and like identify bodies and they had doctors who were like looking into the cases more Mm -hmm. i feel like that might have been it but i also feel like i don't know like maybe media was sort of lacking at that time and they didn't have any stories they were like murders here yeah or yeah but it is weird how famous he is And I think also there's the appeal of the unknown serial killer, you Mm -hmm. know, like the person who just got away and like killed this many people in nine weeks and then got away. What? Yeah. I just assumed that he, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know anything about the story, but I assumed that he had killed more people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just very like public kind of because you just leave their bodies mutilated. That's probably why it was like on the streets, like, yeah. And that's terrifying. It is. And I don't know about London's true crime stuff like what if you just have more serial killers i don't know maybe i mean the population is very different between the uk and the united states yeah crazy yeah but he's kind of yeah kind of kind of goes off in a bad way doesn't go off he unslays so while slaying okay so a bit about Whitechapel or White Cap I think it's Whitechapel, I just spelled it wrong there. So a bit about East London and that specific neighborhood. Um, in the late 1800s, the East End was teeming with nearly a million of the city's poorest citizens, and people either viewed it with compassion or utter contempt. So many skilled immigrants lived in the area, mainly people who were Jewish or Russians, and uh, came to start a new life and start businesses. So the neighborhood was notorious for violence and crime as well, and um, prostitution was legal and only illegal if it caused a public disturbance. So there were estimated to be thousands of sex workers who worked at brothels and low-rent lodging places. I wonder when that changed. Yeah, I don't know. I, in my mind, it's like, I know 1920s, like Great Gatsby, right? Yeah. So, and... Sweeney Todd, or not Sweeney Todd, um, the Headless Horseman, Johnny Depp's version, like, he goes, at the end of the movie, he goes into the city at the turn of the century, so 1900, and it was still, like, carriagey, and I don't know what happens between then, and I don't know, like, what it's like, like, yeah, I just, history just moved so fast, yeah, so I think that that's what happened, is, like, 
technology all of a sudden boomed. Yeah. Like the technology of a car, the technology of all of these things suddenly boomed and became so accessible that history just moved so much faster. Yeah. Like society progressed massively. Yeah. It seems like everything before 1900 just is like... The old times. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're wearing bonnets and dresses that are long. And yeah. drinking, I guess. I don't know. What do you do? What do you yeah, do? what do you do? Uh, I keep, like, touching this thing. Okay. Brief pause. Oh, I knew it. I'm a little baby. We apologize for the buzz. We just fixed it. My, my bad. My bad, guys. So, anyways. um, Yeah, it was just, like, a lot of poor people in this neighborhood. And at the time, death or murder of sex workers was rarely talked about or reported by the press. The reality was prostitutes were often subject to physical attacks, which sometimes resulted in death. However, Jack's killings stood out from other murders at that time and were... Marked by sadistic butchery. They... <laughs> butchery. Butchery. <laughs> they, butchery. Butchery. Marked with a sadistic... So, they suggested more of a sociopathic and hateful nature. Um, yeah, you're literally ripping somebody. I also didn't know why he was called Jack the Ripper. Well, he rips... He... But that, like, does make sense that he, like, disemboweled these people. So, yeah, that, like, that makes sense. This is just, it's so crazy. Why is his name Jack? I think it's, like, you know how you call an unidentified body if it's, like, female presenting Jane Doe? You call, like... I don't know what you call... Jack, um, Jack Doe? I don't know what you call a male presenting body. John Smith, right? I think that's not American. Yeah, what true. We call what if it. Jack is like, oh, like that, they're John. True. Okay. Anyways, so the first murder. Jack's first murder was a prostitute named Mary Ann Nichols, aka Polly. She was Where murdered. Where does that <laughs> nickname come from? <laughs> I don't know. There was a whole little paragraph, and they, they were like, all of her close friends loved her and called her Polly because she was Jolly Polly. So, but her name is Marianne. Yeah. Where did Polly come from as a nickname? Honestly, from reading about all these people, it seems like at least half of them are named Mary. So that might be part Maybe of it. Maybe that's another too. thing. Like yeah. being like, God damn it, everyone in here is named Mary. Hmm. Um. So, anyways, she was found murdered in Bucks Row, Whitechapel, that neighborhood. She had separated from her husband and left her five children in 1880 and had fallen into alcoholism and poverty. And wow, it's almost as if poverty and addiction are linked in some way. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Maybe our government should do something about that. Um, yeah, uh, so she had recently moved to the East End where she split her time between two lodging houses. The cost to say was four pence. And okay, so I like searched what four pence was. And it was, like, a coin. And I'm sure it's an amount, but, like, there was a four pence coin. But then later they mentioned six pence. And maybe, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a nickel. Maybe it's four cents. We're going to assume it's, like, four pennies. But I don't know. It was really hard. I tried, and I didn't. If you know what four pence is in today's money, <laughs> yeah. let us like, know. Like, f would it be, like, four cents? Like, a nickel? I don't know. But then it's like, I don't even know about current British money things. So it would have been either. like... They're on the euro. From blah, to blah, to bleed. No, they're in pounds. Right? And and also they can't be in euro anymore because they left the Brexit. Oh, yeah. 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 
Because Brexit. Because because Brexit. <laughs> I really know nothing about London. Oh my god. That's our next episode. Is Brexit? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Kill myself. Screw Jack the Ripper Part Two. We're like Brexit. we're gonna bring in an economy and political and analyst <laughs> to talk about Brexit, which is really important and someone should do that. But definitely not not, not me. Not me. <laughs> not us. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Polly did not have four pence that night so she decided um so she was denied boarding that night august 30th and uh that was oh i am in here she didn't have four pence so she was denied access to the boarding house and this was the night of august 30th um she was one of many women at the time who found herself fucked over due to the lack of welfare set in place for like single women and people who are poor and like everything like that So she was forced to turn to prostitution to live. That night, she was seen wearing a bonnet that no one had ever seen her in before. So I think she was, like, newer to sex work or something. Like, maybe it was a new bonnet. I don't know. But that was, like... she had a sexy little bonnet on? Yeah, she had, like, a little bonnet on. Do you think that's what, like, lingerie was back then? A bonnet? Do you think it was, like, a fancy bonnet or a lace bonnet? Oh, if you had, like, a... Yeah, but wouldn't... That's so... What? That's so strange. Because it covers up more of you, right? Yeah. But that's... But yeah. I mean, like, that's the point of lingerie is to... Oh, it's still like, clothing. Yeah. It's just naked clothing. Um, and the swimsuit wasn't, like, legal to wear in public until, like, the nine or the 1900s. That's crazy. You know, like, the modern swimsuits that we see now. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, like, a bonnet was a s- sign that you might be a prostitute, mm. do you think? Like maybe. a. Yeah, or maybe it was, like, a little sexy. So, anyway, she was wearing a sexy new bonnet. And at 2 a.m. on the 31st, a friend of hers met up with her. And Polly was drunk and bragged about how she had lodging money three times over but had spent it. Her friend was worried and tried to get her to go back to the lodging house. But Polly protested and said that she had to get money somehow and stumbled off. At 3.45 a.m., her body was found, about a 10-minute walk from where her friend had last seen her. Her throat had been cut back to the spine, and the Ugh. wound had almost severed her head. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> <sighs> that's so, that's so much strength. That's, like, aggression. Yeah. And also, like, the thing about all of these places is this is a place that is teeming with people. Like, there's thousands of people everywhere, and yeah. there's thousands of prostitutes just walking the street. So to do it in, like, front of everyone, but also just, like, hidden, kind of? Yeah, like, like how did how did this not get solved if it happened in such public places well and i imagine like this is gruesome but i imagine if the killer was trying to get them to stay silent that would explain like the throat slitting yeah just like luring someone being like under the presumption that you're going to be paid to have sex with them you know Mm -hmm. and then you're like ah chilling and then they slit your throat like then you can't use your vocal cords and then it makes it like a little more hidden but you still have to do that very quickly and the amount of force to set like to sever it to the spine (sighs) yeah that's crazy Uh, to me so when she was taken to the inspector he discovered that a deep gash also ran along her abdomen she had been disemboweled um so all of her organs were taken out or a lot of them like the uterus and the kidneys which maybe someone could have been selling those on, like, the black market or something. But wait, d- did surgeries happen? I don't know. Enough about this time period. I don't period know enough to, about this time period either. Yeah, to, to not sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> so the next murder was Annie Chapman, a.k.a. Dark Annie. See, that nickname makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Because it still has Annie in it. Is that why? But Mary's yeah. was... Oh, so Mary can't be Polly, but no. Dark Annie can be Annie? 
Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, that's really fair. I'm a little baby. So, like Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying my best here. It's a tough world. So, Dark Annie, um, like Mary, was in a hole of poverty and alcoholism and had left her husband and children years before. Her husband had sent her periodic allowances until his death in 1886. After he died, she supported herself by selling crochet work, matches, flowers, and supplemented her income earning, uh, and supplemented her earnings with casual prostitution. I want the dark Annie. Yeah, she she has the freaking crochet thing. She She's is got just flowers, a matches. little arts, a little artsman. A Renaissance soul. A Renaissance soul, will. and just yeah. has to do a little sex work on the side to make ends meet. Yeah. What's the shame in that? And she got her husband's money for a few years. She said, I can do this. I got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go. I like her. So far, she's my favorite. <laughs> Dark Annie. Um, in September 1888, she was living on and off in Crossingham's lodging house on Dorset Street. She was uh, in a cordial relationship with other tenants, and the deputy keeper remembered her as being in... An inoffensive soul whose main weakness was a fondness for drink. An inoffensive soul. Oh. Yeah. So uh, a sweet woman that just is an alcoholic. Yeah. And probably, like, I imagine it was really hard, like, to be super poor and everyone is drinking around you and you're, like, having to be alone, sort of. Yeah. And also alcohol is different back then as well than yeah. it is now. Yeah. So it's just, like, I don't know, maybe because of the alcohol percentages and because of what it was made with, it was easier to get addicted. Yeah. Like nicotine now. Yeah. <laughs> you crack fiend. <laughs> so um, on Friday, September 7th at 5 p.m., Annie met up with her friend and apparently like looked kind of gross and reported feeling too ill to do anything. So she tried to rally up her spirits and her friend remembered her saying, It's no use giving way. I must pull myself together and get some money or I shall have no lodgings. This sounds like... <laughs> Like when you're playing a role-playing game that's set in like the Renaissance or whatever. I always assumed it was like, well, I guess it's not. Is that the time period that like no, fable games No, it's not the Renaissance. Are... Well, the Renaissance is probably like the fable games, but I don't think ni- end of 1800s. Why are they saying, I must pull myself together and get some money or I shall have no lodgings? Like, doesn't that sound like something a background character would say? Yeah, like a CPU. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, uh, at 11.30, she pulled up to the lodging house and asked the deputy keeper if she could sit in the kitchen. She said that she had been in the infirmary for the past few days, and she stayed at the house until the next morning, Saturday the 8th. At 1.45 a.m., a night watchman came to collect her four pence, yeah, and found her drinking and eating potatoes. She said she didn't have the money since she'd been ill. So he kicked her out, and she told him not to rent out the bed because she wouldn't be long. Go her. She's like... I will see you in a second, sir. And she said, don't you dare rent my bed. I'm eating my You're potatoes. I'm getting asshole. my drink. Yeah. I'll be back. But then she died. Um, no. Yeah. And she was discovered at 6 a.m. mutilated and lying on the steps of the backyard of the house. Yeah. So, Hatch. That's Dark Annie. Sad about Dark Annie. It is sad. And these are all sort of like, it's, all of these stories are so similar. It's like women who got separated and were trying to make ends meet and then they weren't allowed to stay in this house because they didn't have four pence 
I don't know what how much that is. So it's but... like if only welfare were to actually take care of the people it's supposed to. Yeah. And this neighborhood seems to have needed it the most. Um, also on Dorset <clears throat> Street, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like that's where the like Sweeney Todd house would have been. Like the person who might have been Sweeney Todd, like historically. Really? Sweeney Todd house? Yeah. It's like something Dorset Street, I think. But don't quote me on that. But it was like I'm quoting you, I'm quoting you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, no, you. I'm begging you, don't quote me. <laughs> or that's like the address, like the fictional address. Because Sweeney Todd is a whole thing too. Like it's actually kind of a cool like folklore thing. Because the real person who might have been Sweeney Todd was a French person. Mm. Um, who's buried in the underground thing. What's that called? The cur- uh, the I went in them. The, the catacombs. Catacombs, yeah. Yeah. But then also there's like a real address that's by like um a bakery thing hmm. that might have been anyways. A patisseria. A patisseria. The next victim was Elizabeth Stride. She had migrated to England in eighteen sixty six and married in eighteen sixty nine. She separated in 1877 and soon began living in lodging houses and became involved with a man named Michael Kidney. Which is funny. <laughs> Kidney. Uh, I feel like all of these women have had, like, hard backstories, though. Yeah. But based, I mean, I'm guessing that that was a pretty common backstory. Yeah. I yeah. mean, how many divorces happen now, but what was the implication of it and the societal standards of it before yeah. versus now? Like, when did women start working? I don't know. I, yeah, I feel so stupid sometimes. <laughs> we have full ass college degrees. And we're like, when did the women start working? But we're like, <laughs> the thing about Breckian theater is, okay. So, anyways, yeah, and also I feel like the other people who might have been murdered around this time might not have had husbands, or might have had like harder lives almost. So they didn't have any background info, so people didn't care to do an investigation. Like they might have just been like, "Well, this person died." Yeah, true. You know? True. But yeah, so uh, she began drinking heavily and had charges for being drunk and disorderly. So she had made numerous appearances in front of magistrates. Just such a silly little... That's so fancy. And she had made numerous appearances. <laughs> uh. She had lived on and off in lodging houses in Whitechapel and returned after a long absence the Tuesday before she was murdered. On Saturday, September 29th, 1888, uh, in the afternoon, she was cleaning the lodging house and was paid sixpence by the deputy keeper. By 6.30 p.m., she was drinking at Queen's Pub and then she returned to the lodging house for a quick change and left uh, at 7.30 there were several sightings of her over the next few hours, and by midnight, she was seen on Burner Street. Her body was found at 1 a.m. as a man led his pony and cart down Dootfield's yard and saw her dark form on the ground. Oh. Yeah. For some reason, he thought it was his wife. So he went into the kitchen to get help, and then he saw his wife, and he was like, shit, that's not you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he was excited that it was his wife or scared no, that it was his wife? Probably, like... Well, okay, maybe scared, but from that, it sounds like maybe he was like, my wife, finally, finally, she's gone. She's gone, yeah. I don't have to deal with her. But maybe, Just kidding, that's such yeah. a horrible, Yeah, it's because like I went to a wedding this weekend, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he was probably like, oh, is that my wife? And then he probably ran to get help because he didn't want to have to see her body alone, you know? Yeah. Maybe he was like, oh my God, is that my wife? I can't, like, see this. But anyway, so it wasn't his wife. And the police came and found that her body was not mutilated like the previous victims. Her throat was cut, but the rest of her body was okay. 
This led the police to believe that the man had been um, interrupted by the dude driving the cart. The murderer had oh, been interrupted. Oh, so yeah. it was actually two people when... He first pulled in. Yeah. And then like it just maybe turned he, into he one. hid or something or like heard the cart and like ran off. Yeah. That, yeah. So, anyway, that murder. I'm like, I'm going to kill them. I know. They're being... Sorry about the dog noises in yeah. the background. They're being so ridiculously loud okay. right now. Yeah. N- <laughs> Nico, please. i so many interruptions on this one really episode. Oh, oh my man. god. Well, uh, um, moving on to the next one. Uh, sad. In it's a sad so way. Sad. So the next victim was Catherine Eddows, Eddows, who became an orphan in her teens. She had three kids and married a soldier. The couple moved to London in, eight, in the 1870s and lived in Westminster. Catherine started drinking heavily then and apparently had a temper. Her relationship became tumultuous, and according to Catherine's sister, her husband was abusive. So, in 1880, they separated, and Catherine moved to a lodging house in the East End. She met a man named John Kelly in 1881, and they lived together as man and wife in the lodging house until Catherine's death. John and Catherine usually went uh, hop-picking in September, which was like a nice little vacation for East Enders to get a break, while also making a bit of cash. Yeah. However, the hop yield was low that year, so the work was limited, and they returned to the East End on Friday, September 28th. So, uh, it's kind of sad, because in a lot of these stories, it's also like, they almost weren't there, and then they returned right as all these brutal murders were happening, Mm, you know? Yeah, like, they, they were so close to escaping it. Yeah. That's the day before. Um, so the next day on Saturday, the 29th, Catherine told John she was going to borrow money from her daughter and they parted at 2 p.m. John apparently warned her about the Whitechapel murderer, but Catherine brushed it off, saying, Don't you fear for me. I'll take care of myself, and I shan't fall into his hands. (laughs) The famous last words. Um, (laughs) she did not visit her daughter, but apparently got money because she was arrested for being drunk at 8 p.m. She was locked in a cell to uh, sober up, but promptly fell asleep, and she was released at midnight. That is not enough time to sober up. No, like, she just got a four-hour She should have been nap. held until morning. Yeah, and then also she got murdered, so it's like, cool, you're kidding. Like, you could have just... Police not doing their jobs? Again? <laughs> Surprising, I'm so crazy. surprised. Crazy, whoa, Ugh. crazy. God. Um, so at 1.35 a.m., three men saw her talking to a man at the entrance of Mitri Square. Ten minutes later, at 1.45 a.m., police constable Alfred Watkins discovered her horrifically mutilated body lying in the dark. As with the previous victims, her throat had been slit and she was disemboweled, but in addition, the killer had uh, carved her face, carving deep V's into her cheeks and eyelids. A V for what? I don't know. That... Yeah, it would almost make sense if it was like, when was the Scarlet Letter? Like, wouldn't it be like an A? It would be like adultery Adulterer. or something. Yeah, so V seems weird. But it is like, and also I'm thinking since he didn't carve out and disembowel the other person, the previous murder, mm-hmm. maybe that was just like he wanted to do more things because he had a thirst. Oh, you know? Yeah. 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 So, That's sad though. It's kind of sad. And this is a fun and somewhat insensitive fact from the walking tour man 
this murder happened very close to the modern-day Leiden Hall Market, where some of the Diagon Alley scenes from Harry Potter were filmed. I cannot believe this tour that you went on. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense at the end of the day. <laughs> I cannot was, believe. I was like, this alley's so cool. Like, where? He was like, yeah, the Harry Potter films where he filmed here. All the alley scenes. And I was like, all the alley scenes? Every alley scene? No. Here? Yeah, like here? Here? This, yeah. They built a stage for that shit. No, but it, you, yeah. I'll show you a picture. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and finally, the last of the known five is Mary Jane Kelly. So she's the victim we know the least about. Basically, nothing is known of her life prior to moving to the East End. Her boyfriend said she was Irish and moved to London around 1884, where she made the acquaintance of a French woman who ran a high-class brothel in Knightsbride, where she began working. So she was an escort? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which is kind of, yes. Love that, go um, her. After this, she moved to the East End and started drinking heavily. She moved into a lodging house because her addiction caused a fight between her and her landlord. In the lodging house in 1887, she met Joseph Barnett, who was her boyfriend, and worked as a porter at Billingsgate Fish Market. Which is like, I don't, it's a fish job. He worked in fish. Like Nico. Nico. (laughs) I'm a little baby. (laughs) He worked in fish. (laughs) Um, So the two began renting a room in 1888 on 13 Miller's Court. Those who knew her were very fond of her and said she was quite pretty. Her and Burnett seemed to be happy until he lost his job halfway through 1888. This caused Mary to return to sex work, which caused arguments between Mary and Burnett. During a heated exchange, their door and window pane were broken. On October 30th, Barnett moved out, and by early November, Mary owed her landlord 29 shillings in, like, damage and misrent. Oof. Shillings, pence, and hoobity hobbity pounds, and hoobity and like happy he. No, I'm like gold and silver. Gold. <laughs> oh, Pure gold. Yes. Um, three gold coins. Um, even though he moved out, Barnett and Mary stayed friends, and the last time he visited her was Thursday, November 8th, around 7.30. He left soon after. Several people claimed to see her over the next 14 hours. Someone saw a man tap her on the shoulder and whisper something in her ear, which she laughed at. They then walked down Commercial Street. The man who saw them, Hutchinson, said the man with Mary had a hat over his eyes. But Hutchinson stooped down to look at him, at which the man gave Hutchinson a stern look. So Hutchinson followed the couple as they crossed into Dorset Street and turned down Miller's Court. He waited 45 minutes but didn't see them reemerge, so he left. At four, which is kind of nice of him, actually, being yeah. like, I'm concerned, everything going on in this neighborhood. Yeah, like, spying and waiting. But she, they went into her house, basically, since they turned on her street. Mm. At 4 a.m., Mary's neighbors heard a faint cry of, Murder! But they ignor- ignored it, because apparently those cries were frequent in the area. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, at 11 a.m. on November 9th, her landlord sent his assistant to Mary's room to collect rent. He banged on Mary's door, but there was no reply. He tried to open the door, but it was locked, so he looked through the broken window pane and saw lots of blood. So he ran back to the landlord, and then they both, like, ran back to the scene. Um, McCarthy later recalled the scene, saying, The sight we saw, I cannot drive away from my mind. It looks more work of a devil than a man. I heard a great deal out the Whitechapel murders, and I declare to God I have never expected to see such a sight as this. The whole scene is more something than I can describe. I hope I may never see such a sight as this again. 
<laughs> Thank you. <You're> welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is such a sight. Like, I hope I never see this sight again. Like, this sight was such a sight to see. This yeah, sight. he was like, oh, this sight was so bad. <laughs> like, okay, and? Oh. I'm a little baby. Just, he said, this whole scene is more than I can describe. Bitch, this, yeah. you're, this is your job. He just sent a paragraph describing how undescribable it is. Yeah. That's, okay, I guess that's true then. Okay, girl. Um, <laughs> the police were sent for, and the first officer described the scene. On the bed was all that remained of the young woman. There was little left of her, not much more than a skeleton. Her face was terribly scarred and mutilated. All of this was horrifying enough, but the mental picture of that sight which remains most vividly with me, is the poor woman's eyes. They were wide open and seemed to be staring straight at me with a look of terror. The police and doctors spent the next few hours carrying out a detailed inspection of the crime scene. A photographer was brought in uh, to photograph the scene, and the image still exists as one of the earliest crime <gasps> photos in history. Here it is. Oh my god. That's yeah. probably why this is so famous, if it's like, like one these of the pictures first... were put out in the public. Yeah. Because it's horrifying. It is really disgusting. Like, that's absolutely disgusting. Um, and that is the end of part one. Oh my god, way to leave it off. Yeah, so we're gonna jump in next episode more about, like, who Jack the Ripper might be, what happened after the last murder, but those are just purely the murders. And uh, that was still kind of like our average length episode. So yeah, yeah, yes. go Ooh. you, go no you. taking, no taker. Proud of you. Yeah. Ooh. So what's that um, was? I I didn't know any of that before. Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting. I feel like it is sort of almost. I don't want to say like a dime a dozen true crime stories, but I feel like so many true crime stories. It's like. This woman who, like, had to do this work or, like, had to be around this thing. Was, was put in poor. this horrible situation yeah, and had like, no way out of it. And... Yeah, died. And it was man, probably. And they don't know who. But it is, yeah. It's yeah. one of London's most famous murders. Yeah, so. it kind of, the more that we're getting into it, the more it makes sense why it's so famous. Yeah. Is because of how public it was. Yeah, and the photograph, really. You guys should Google the photo, or maybe, I don't know if we could post it. User, user warning. Mm, mm. <laughs> it is a very gruesome photo. It is in black and white, though. So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, so three sentence summary Jack the Ripper starts murdering because he hates women, period. The things he does to them are absolutely atrocious, and I wish that he was found. Because he deserves to be beat, period. Katie did a great job at doing a single part episode, and I could never have done this. <laughs> the same uh, grace and poise that Katie has done this with. Thank you. That was so kind. That Thank period. you. Oh, Nick, I'm sorry. I, I used one of my oh, whole sentences oh. just to give you a compliment. That is, is it because you didn't have any other things to describe? No, I could have just... described one of the five people, but it yeah, just felt so more wholesome to give you a compliment. That... I feel that in my heart, and I want Thank you to know it's felt, and it's I love you. I love you too. Thank you. I'm a little baby. Girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight. I'm feeling girl bossy because I have big things that should be changing soon that are for the better. Yeah. And we'll find out if they do change. For sure. 
Hell yeah. That's a great way to feel. Yeah. Are you yeah. feeling girl boss gatekeeper gaslight? Um, I'm feeling girl boss because I had like a little to-do list of like adult things that I needed to do mm-hmm. once I quit my job. Or not quit, but my job finished up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did them. I cleaned my car today, like vacuumed it. Hell it yeah. so much better. There was so much trash piling up, guys. Like it was atrocious. Cars be like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I just use my car purely to get from destination A to destination B. So I'm like drinking coffee and getting food and like throwing all of the trash in the backseat because no one else is in my car usually. It's just yeah. like me. So it was disgusting. It's truly awful. But, but you did it. I did it. Now it's done. You so girl boss. And then I researched this. <laughs> so yeah. And you did amazing. Thank you. And there's a second part. So I can't wait. There's one conspiracy that I really want to be true. And that's all I'll say about that. Ooh, I'm excited for all of the conspiracies next week. Yeah. It'll be fun. Mm. Hell um, yeah. And uh, you can find us on social media at Killer Kush Podcast on Instagram and Killer Kush Pod on Twitter. And also on our link tree, there's merch and submissions and sound submissions and email and Patreon and everything else that you might need from us, including our social security numbers and our credit card numbers. And With the CVC. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. You're welcome. Get on that. Mm-hmm. Love you. Love you. Goodbye, besties. Bye. Bye. I'm a little baby. <laughs>